Hey guys, welcome back to the OPD podcast with Austin and Joe. And today we are going to chat about peak week or the final week for the contest. Peak weeks may be an overused term, but um, we've had some, we're kind of in the meat of the contest season. We've had quite a few people competing. Um, and I thought it would be pretty cool to just chat, nothing, nothing too formal, but just chat about some things that we've been doing maybe differently or things that we've changed or run into with um, peaking clients. Because as you know, every situation is different. And I know me personally, I've had three different kinds of scenarios so far, like last weekend. We were at the USA Championships, and it's it's like literally 36 hours almost between pre-judging at 9 a.m. and finals at like 3. Oh, shit. He didn't even go on for finals until like 7 p.m. the next day. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they were actually, in some of the classes, they were actually re-judging at finals. So we had to make sure, you know what I mean? We had to make sure everything was... Um, still kept intact and ready to go. And that's a pretty long period of time. Mm-hmm. So I know you've had, I know you've had several people on stage. What, what's the kind of format that they generally use? Uh, is it like typical morning pre-judging evening show type thing? Um, not, not often actually. And it will depend on the Federation. So for example, two bros last week at the British finals or the same way that two bros always works, you'll have a weigh-in the day before typically for your class, uh, assuming we're discussing bodybuilding here, um, usually around 4pm and then you'll be on the next morning typically um, and then literally they run it straight through there like you're on, they do bodybuilding, you come out for the bodybuilding finals, it's then and there, it's just all in one, um, same right. thing with same thing with FitX really the only the only thing that changes is sometimes they'll just walk you on and um do the placings then sometimes they'll walk you off go for other classes and do placings then but uh, we don't really have any shows over here that are split up like that like a.m p.m got you yeah so we <clears throat> so some of the regional shows or like the the in the state level shows they do that so the the gal i have competing tomorrow her shows like that, they, you know, they consider it like basically live judging, you know, they go on, do the pre-judging, come right back, do the placings and routines or whatever, right? Um, which I, makes sense, right? I mean, I don't know why, I don't know why they wouldn't do that at all of them. But even with the bigger ones, obviously, some of the national shows are, especially NPC shows are so big. They're thousand twelve hundred fifteen hundred competitors at some of them and they do multiple days which is fine you know maybe do like all the men on one day all the women on one day or something you know that way you can just you can get through it uh that's that's what they do at the north americans and masters nationals they they literally designate like one to two classes per day and that's all they do, but it's like four days long. Mm. So, so you go on your day. Like if you're a men's bodybuilding goes on one day and they'll do all the men's bodybuilding, but you only have to be there. You'll weigh in the night before, compete the next day and you're done type thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know the spread out format. Like I understand that they want the, they wanted the bodybuilding to be well the, the unfortunate thing too was the bodybuilders were dead last in the finals you know lineup so it started at 3 p.m but they didn't go on until you know like eight you know so and but i get they want the bodybuilding to be like the the grand finale right but yeah it's just a lot it's just a lot of lot of sitting backstage a lot of and the problem with like we're uh, going to talk about peaking some is timing i mean we have a time like we know when final starts we have we have no idea when they're actually going to go on though you know it's just Mm. our our best guess and we kind of kind of have to maintain and make sure everyone stays intact um whereas in the live judging 
I mean, you have a pretty good idea of time frame, I would imagine. Kind of like, oh, yeah, they're going to go on between this time and this time, probably. Yeah, it depends on the Fed as well. Like, um, FitX shows that I've been to this year have ran, like, really on time. So it's PCA, but the Tubro shows can overrun by quite a bit. Like, Will, that we had on last week, he went on, I think, three and a half hours late, um, which wasn't such a, a, an issue for him. Um, <clears throat> other than being thirsty. <laughs> but for some people, if you're depending on what you're doing for your peak, that could push you past the point. Your best look. Sure. Yeah. It's it, the, you know, the more that you're manipulating water and things, the more risky that time gets, right? Because like mine wasn't really a big deal. Last weekend, we drank pretty much all the way up till, uh, I mean, a couple hours out. It didn't even really change anything, so it wasn't it wasn't so much a big deal in that case. It was pretty easy. Um, pretty much didn't manipulate anything other than really the last few hours, and then um, pumped up <laughs> pretty much. So it wasn't a huge deal, but it does become a bigger issue for those that you might be manipulating things a little bit more because you don't want you know, aldosterone levels to rise too much, especially if they're sitting back there and they're already kind of like anxious, you know? Yeah. So, yes. uh, so with your, with your last few people, have you, do you generally, well, I get generally is probably not a good question because it's going to vary, but do you ever, um, do any type of water manipulation with people? Cause that's what everyone wants to know. Yeah, I am. Um, so I don't ever use pharmaceutical diuretics. Uh, never have with any competitors. Um, I um, I help a lot of people over here peak their clients. It's a service that I offer. I had like six people in the finals that I peaked, but I only had one client. Um, but yeah, I um, I do use fluid manipulation and electrolyte manipulation to drive up diuresis if the situation calls for it, yeah, um, which will usually involve some period of drinking more and potentially eating right. less, and then could potentially involve cutting sodium at some point, and then could potentially involve cutting fluid at a latter stage. Um, to what degree we do this is on a needs analysis of the individual, which I think is um, like the main point to hammer home with peak week is, and I remember being this guy when I first started coaching, it was like peak week seemed like this real esoteric, confusing thing that there was like these secrets and tricks to, and, and I wasn't really sure how to do, uh, you know, whatever's involved with a peak week when really it's, it's pretty simple with any individual, just like anything in bodybuilding, you take a, a needs analysis and then you simply perform the actions that, lead to the outcome that you desire for example if you need to be fuller or fill up then there's going to involve some degree of consuming dietary fats for intramuscular triglycerides and dietary carbohydrate for intramuscular glycogen and again you will fill up to the desired point that you require um, and if you need to be dry then there will be some degree of um, if you need to be drier i should say if that suits your physique and is a need, then there'll be some degree of you needing to push diuresis up at some point and doing those, you know, fill up and then dry off and do both of those to the degree that you require is essentially that that's everyone's beat week, isn't it? You know, and then you can go about that right. whatever, whatever manner you like. It's not a, such an esoteric confusing thing when you break it down objectively. No, it's really not. And it's, and I think it, comes down to it also comes down to understanding the criteria and what look is going to suit your you know client the best right exactly. in our class um which because why, it's not going to be the same which is why i make a point of saying you know to what degree you require because it's not always necessarily yeah. going to be right get as full as possible and get as dry as possible um in many cases that is going to be you know for I don't know, open bodybuilding, yeah, for sure, but there's sure. a nuance, sure. you know. Right, right. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, you You play the card, you play the card that you're dealt, whatever your 
I mean, there are cases like, for example, last weekend, uh, we had one individual, super heavyweight class, had one individual that was just very, very short, very dense. No matter how full my client got, we weren't going to be bigger than him. You know, so we just came in full enough, but as dry and hard as possible. Because that was the that was the game that was going to keep us closest. You know what I mean? So it wasn't. um, Have to understand the context, Um, and and two. It's one thing that I've kind of kind of done with a lot of people lately. Is is really these? I do a more at least I've been fortunate enough to be able to do it is probably everyone this year so far, I've really been able to do a more subtle kind of peaking process in the sense that um, a lot of it was kind of over the course of the entire, you know, seven to 10 days where I just slowly pulled inflammation back, slowly filled them out. And I didn't really have to do much to put them on stage, which is an ideal kind of scenario, right? But that requires that requires being ready early enough to be able mm-hmm. to do that, um, which is difficult to I think difficult to assess and difficult to re- like kind of look at in a photo because if you have somebody that looks pretty close to ready or or ready and is very inflamed and and worn out, if you will. You can pretty much guarantee if you rest them, they're going to look five percent better just from that. Yeah, I um, I did an Instagram post a uh, day before yesterday on Emma Thackeray, my girl that's competing at the Fit Expo okay. this week. Um, Was she I, women's physique? Um, I think she's trained figure. In um, okay, which is which is harder, right? Yeah, yeah. If you if you look okay. at your I mean, cause they, she's lean oh yeah yeah i saw her i was i didn't know if she was women's physique or like some form of figure i wasn't really sure they split it figure and, and train figure now i know that never used to be the case um okay but it, the, the post was essentially about phase potentiation of peak week so you know the, the things that you're trying to achieve on peak week have or should have already begun many weeks before so what we've essentially done here is she's lean enough um within a proximity to the show that we've already pulled out presentation that's like driving up sympathetic tone. We've already pulled out any expenditure that's driving a high degree of fatigue. We've already adjusted energy balance so that she's simply sat at a maintenance. So she's of course not accumulating any body fat, but she's also not under the stress of a calorie deficit. And then from there, you're essentially positioned to then take on the goal of peak week. Okay, so we need to fill up muscular triglycerides and then glycogen and then dry off to whatever degree like we just said but those things will only work maximally on like a fresh physique like you said right right yeah it's and you're not really to your point like you're not really losing body fat in that period where you're reducing fatigue it's just it's just an inflammation thing right you're clearing you're clearing a lot of that inflammation um and that's yielding a better look it's not that you're you're not even in a deficit anymore you're just basically taking off all of that kind of uh, fatigue that's causing that puffiness and inflammation, especially, especially like in your females that are doing a lot of cardio and their legs, you know, like especially the classes that have to have really crisp or, or big and full lower bodies, you know, getting that cardio out or even, um, even things like changing the types of cardio that they're doing towards the end. I do that sometimes where I'll, especially if they're doing, if I have to have them do like some type of hit cardio or something, which I don't even do very often with women, um, doing like upper body type of intervals, you know? Um, sure. So yeah, just understanding, just understanding how much of a difference that will make on a physique. So if they're 95% of the way there, understand that they, that 5% is going to come with rin- rinsing off that fatigue and then just, subtle changes in fullness um and and especially for the females outside of like a really lean class like the the gal that you have which she needs to be pretty lean uh, but like bikini wellness that we have here uh, things like that i mean in reality you shouldn't have to manipulate water very much they should just 
just lose body, just be lean enough, right? And yeah. get on stage. Yeah, and I like, you know, with bikini, my bikini girls is generally a more subtle peak from a further distance, like you said. So we're sort of just gradually constructing constructing the like architecture of the look. Okay, like this little bit of additional carbohydrate, this little bit of additional dietary fat, and slowly the look becomes what you want, and then you can simply hold it there. No kind of Hail Marys, like let's fill and spill, and then, you know, right. it's just kind of right. necessary. Right. Do you like, so what about for individuals? Well, a little different context. So let's say individuals that we are kind of having to um, kind of work to lose the last bit of fat closer to the end. So we, we have to wait a little bit longer to like load them, if you will. Do you prefer that fill and spill than clean up method, like let's say a, a fill on a Thursday, clean up on a Friday type of thing, or do you just, or do you go straight back load on a Friday? Or um, how do you, how do you like to reduce the risk of, because as we know, there's definitely been, you know, we can, we have a small margin of benefit there, but we also have an even bigger margin of making them look worse <laughs> potentially. Yeah. So I, can't think of a single example of when I've backloaded somebody like the day before the show or like the day of the show. No. Or something. It's not something yeah. that I, I've had a few of these peaks this year where the individual has been behind and um, sure. as, as a basic structure. So we do need to load intramuscular triglycerides. So potentially at the start of the week, I'll do that, but, but whilst keeping a calorie deficit. So essentially just if they're already in a 500 calorie uh, per day deficit, I may just, drop the protein down to minimum requirement, completely get rid of carbohydrates and fill up the rest with dietary fat. So there is still some intramuscular triglyceride loading going on, depending on the amount of fat they're doing, but it's the best that you're going to get in this kind of situation, right? So they're still maintaining the deficit for longer. And then when it comes to loading glycogen, I would preferentially, like you said, do that in one day, whereas I typically do it over two or three, depending on the amount needed. Um, so to get that extra day of deficit, let's say they're competing on the Saturday, fill and spill on the Thursday, and then we would revert to that same kind of protein fat model on a Friday where we could deploy any kind of fluid manipulation and whatnot and simply just uh, ensure no glucose intensive activity is performed so that glycogen is not going anywhere. And this is something people worry about. I always give this analogy. If you put diesel in your car and push it around, you're not using the diesel, right? So as long as you don't perform any glucose intensive activity like resistance training or excessive posing, then uh, that glycogen isn't going anywhere. But yeah, that's the kind of structure I'd use if somebody was um, behind. Yeah, I do something pretty similar. And I agree. I generally, in pretty much all cases, I just stay away from a Friday load. Um, the only... The only time that I would do that is let's say we did a Thursday load and I thought they maybe needed a little bit more on a Friday. Um, oh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, yeah. I'll sometimes um, top up on show day in that case. Right. On show but, day. but it's like, but it's small amounts. You know what I mean? We're just kind of like, we're just like topping off the tank is all. We're not, we're not loading. I'm not like loading a high amount of glycogen on a Thursday and then like, oh shit, we got to do it, you know, more on Friday. Um, if you're doing that, your calculations are just way off, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And I, I do something really probably pretty much the same, it sounds like. Um, and I will revert back to um, kind of that protein fat model on Friday. And you made a good point there about the, the diesel in the car and pushing it around. And what people need to realize, too, is the actual requirements of the energy substrates, whether it be fat or, you know, or carbohydrate, if you're not doing hardly anything on that Thursday and Friday, you understand you're not really burning through anything. So don't be surprised if you load on a Thursday, for example, and then on Friday, you hardly eat anything and you don't need any more food. Well, the reason is you're just not burning anything, sitting around the hotel room, maybe you rode in the car to get to the show, you really the extent of your walking was like walking to the, the check-in and weighing in. And then, you know, I find a lot of the time, like people need such little, if we load on a Thursday, 
or something, or even like a, a Wednesday and a Thursday or whatever, by Friday, I mean, they just don't need hardly any food. I mean, we can just cruise through the day because there's, there's the activity level is so low, right? Um, if, uh, you, you can't continue, if you're, going, if you're going to be using any kind of fluid manipulation or electrolyte manipulation, in absence of fluid and in absence of sodium, you can't efficiently load carbohydrates anyway. So if you're going to be messing with those things, you need a day where the glycogen loading has already been done. It gives you the opportunity to do that without disrupting your ability to get glycogen into the muscle cell itself. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think you're, I think you're really making it difficult on yourself. You're trying to load a lot of glycogen while manipulating fluid um, because obviously you're going to have a large you're going to kind of have an influx of sodium and activity and stuff, especially trying to pull all that glycogen in. So I much rather, if I'm loading somebody heavily, not have to worry about it, let them drink. If anything, you know, if we're loading water throughout the week, if you want to call it water loading, I guess, doesn't whatever you want to call it. Um, those days. So for example, let's say uh, it's a female we're doing, they're, they're a little bit smaller, so they don't need a ton. Maybe they're doing like a gallon and a half of water, and that's plenty. They're plenty hydrated. They're, their urine's like pretty light colored. Their diuresis is moving. You know, they're going frequently. Well, maybe we load them on a Thursday. They might find that they're actually thirsty on Thursday, right? They're actually thirsty for more, whereas the other days, like they're kind of having to remind themselves to get the water in. But on that Thursday, of course, that water is being pulled in. So they might need two gallons, right? Um, and their sodium requirements will change, right? So the last thing I want to do is is cause that like large influx of glycogen and water and and uh, electrolyte activity, and then try to figure out how I'm gonna dry them off at the same time. So I much prefer what you said is kind of leave that Friday free with lower food activity. So if we do need to do anything with water. Um, we have a good platform to kind of do so. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and this is like I said in the beginning about just breaking down the goals of Peak Week, and, and you can just do them one at a time. You don't need to overcomplicate it. Like what we've just elucidated there in these examples, we fill up and then dried off, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one at a time. It's like trying to do some crazy culmination of stuff the day before the show is always when things go wrong. Right. Yeah. There, you know, that's not to discount something like backloading. I mean, there are people that are very proficient with it that use it often. Um, but I just think that I always, I always kind of say that your, your margin for improvement with extreme peaking techniques is very small. Like you have a chance to make a five five percent improvement, but you have a chance to make a you know twenty percent you know <laughs> backwards <laughs> backwards slide where you look worse. So you know pros and cons there. Um, a lot of the time, it's just not worth it. I I really I pr really am with you there, and just do everything on its own day, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that and that will save you that will save you some trouble. And if you don't, and if they're lean and they're ahead, then just you have the luxury of just kind of cruising in. I mean, I I will even intentionally sometimes with people that are maybe a little more difficult to peak or um, are have not peaked them before or we don't have as much data on them. I will, you know, if we're four weeks out and we're we look like we're four weeks out. I might intentionally push them a little bit harder for the next couple of weeks so we can basically just eat into the show and we don't even have to, you know, we don't even have to worry about it. Right. Um, one thing I do too is, and I get asked about this is, okay, so what happens if we have a client, we're not there with them, they're sending us photos, they show up to the hotel and the lighting's like horrible. Mm. And you know, we, we, we're trying to assess, we're like, oh God, because you, you see that too. They get in the hotel and they look like they got out of the car and they have never lifted before, right? They get in this hotel room light, there's no overhead light, it's really bad. And uh-oh, <laughs> you know, they think something's wrong, something's happened. Um, 
Well, a couple things. You can bring something like a ring light, you know, travel with you, try to recreate that consistent lighting if you need to. But another thing I do now with people often is I will actually use a scale. And the way that I use that scale is um, if I know, especially those people that are ready a little bit early, if I know that they're pretty full, pretty dry around a certain weight, I can look at photos and use body weight and kind of assess whether they're flat, full, dry, you know, spilled, whatever, um, based on what they, what they weigh. So, you know, if I'm looking at a photo that's lighting's kind of washed out and they either look spilled, you know, or they look a little flat, but I can't really tell how full they are. I can look at the weight. I mean, if they're flat, they're going to be lighter. If they're spilled, they're going to be heavier. It's based on what I know their general kind of weight vicinity is. So that might seem a little unconventional, but the scale could be another thing in there to help you kind of just reaffirm your thoughts. If you're getting really poor lighting or really big differences in lighting quality um, at these shows, because it does happen. Unfortunately, it does happen. You might have this epic lighting spot at home and then you get to this hotel and it looks like a dungeon. You know, so you need to be able, <laughs> you need to be able to assess that. A way that I've used weight as well is with, um, so with all of my clients that I haven't just worked peak weeks with, practically everybody I've run a practice peak um, and just built into the duration of the prep has been that we will be ready early enough for that practice peak. Um, and so looking at weight at the beginning of the week, looking at weight post triglyceride loading, looking at weight post-glycogen loading, looking at weight post-diuresis period, if these are all things that we're doing. And if we nail the look, perfect, we can use that trend. If they didn't quite get full enough, okay, maybe we need to see weight budget a little bit more than that. If they didn't quite get dry enough, but they were absolutely full enough, we need to see weight pull more than that. And having that as just another objective tracker is something that I've used with quite a few clients and it's worked really well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You can use you can use that body weight pretty effectively there. I think it's a good tool, honestly. Like I don't hear enough people talk about it. I think it really helps. It's one of those things like if you're looking at someone and you think one thing, but you're not entirely sure, but you have that weight data, it just helps you kind of reaffirm that. And especially if there's, you know, especially if there's differences in, like I said, if there's differences in lighting, it's even more helpful. Um, which expect there to be. And then that's not even talking about tan. You know, you have shitty lighting and put the tan on. They look, you know, you've seen that. Like, wow, <laughs> what happened? They look so dark. Um, so you need to be able to, you know, differentiate between those looks under multiple different lighting scenarios. Uh, because that does become different. I mean, even if you're there in person, it can become difficult. Uh, lighting up these hotel rooms last weekend were so bad that we went different places and looked at different photos, and it looked like between different places, it looked like there was a 5% difference. You know, even just even looking at it face to face. So keep that in mind. Um, you will have some of those obstacles, and inevitably you have to figure out how to kind of work around them and also kind of relay that information to the client so they don't freak out. I've had a few of those. I've had a few of those, especially the night before where they put, they're put, they get the tanning appointment. I tell them get the latest tanning appointment you can get night before, because I want to look at photos right before you tan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they, they get their fucking tan on and then they go back to the room and they feel like they, they just like spilled over something while they're at the tanning booth. Yeah. <laughs> On Amazon, you can get really cheap tripods uh, with ring lights. Yeah. Yep. And also pop up black backdrops that fold up tiny that you can put in a travel bag. Um, yep. Prop up behind you with your ring light in front of you. So cheap, easy. Like we're talking under £10. Yeah. Yeah. You try to anything. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. Like I have people travel with them and um, you can fly with them if you need to. Anything that you can do to kind of replicate 
your lighting scenario is going to be helpful yeah. uh, because inevitably it's going to be it's going to be an obstacle. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else that kind of missing that typically letrozole, right? Lots, lots of letrozole week of the show. <laughs> well, that, there's one you know that myths people. So I don't uh, and haven't ever used aromatizing inhibitors. Not that they don't have a a place in, in a peak week, but um, I've always just addressed the root cause of fluid retention. Uh, I mean, how many years ago was it that we did the um, podcast on Tamasatan on here and blocking out Australia? Probably a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Still doing it, man. And there's a lot of people putting out good, you know, Victor puts out some good stuff on this at the moment as well. So I think the, um, the word's certainly spreading. So, you know, estrogen is a molecule that brings you fabulous benefit in a peak week, you know, enhancing your ability to get glucose into the muscle cell. Um, but of course, there is quote unquote estrogen mediated fluid retention that maybe you want to be rid of, or maybe not because you look great with high estrogen. Um, the real root cause of why estrogen pushes up fluid retention is aldosterone. So using an aldosterone antagonist like um, Tamasartan or any angiotensin receptor blocker, low sartan, candesartan, Tamasartan is your best option. I will sometimes titrate the dose up. Um, maybe to 80 milligrams, maybe to 120 milligrams in a client if we're trying to dry off. But yeah, I don't touch estrogen um, and I don't use diuretics either. And my clients look good. You know, it's easy to say this and be like, well, your clients all look shit. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't really, I don't think there's really anything to add there necessarily. Um, uh, I guess the only other thing I would say is just is just having clients understand the basics of like stress control and nerves and things that last week, especially especially on show day or around show day or night oh, before. Um, yeah, yeah, that that cortisol thing can ruin a look. It really can ruin. It, it can like there's if there's one thing. If you changed nothing in someone's plan, um, if they looked really good a week out and you changed nothing in their plan, the absolute best thing that you could do for them is just other than like reducing that, you know, systemic inflammation by fatigue reduction would just be make sure that they're calm yeah. the day before, you know, and the day of. It's, it, there's really nothing more powerful than that. Than that. Uh, to be completely honest, I mean, you can do everything else right and you can still not quite have the look that you want because there's just excessive stress. And I think it comes from a few things. It's the obvious like nervousness, right? I mean, you have that, but also just kind of like that people getting caught up like that hustle and bustle of, oh, I got to get the check in. Oh, I got my appointment for my tan. Oh, I got to, if you're female hair makeup, right? So they're like, trying to bounce around and do all these things and they're getting really stressed out about when they're going to eat and things like that. Um, so me as a coach, when I'm asking for like updated photos and things like that, it's like, Oh, um, I said, Hey, I want photos at uh, 6 PM. Right. Like, Oh, I have a, I have a hair appointment at six and they, they automatically get stressed. Like, don't worry about it. Send appointment, you know, send pictures before your hair appointment or right afterwards. Like I can, I can be, you know, I can be a little more flexible on my end to lower the stress load on the end of the client. Yeah. So it just gets busy. Just gets very busy. Just be prepared, have everything with you. Um, simple things too, like I do with bigger shows with people that have, especially if they have to fly, fucking don't just do like grocery delivery to your hotel, things like that. You know, make your life as easy as possible. Yeah, that's that's really the goal. One secret weapon for me this year has been having Physique Collective, um, and we've had a big push for everyone to be at like every show that we've got clients in. So you know, the FitX guy, there must have been you know ten, eleven of us there, coaches, athletes, posing coaches, and um, 
it's the community feel, spending time with friends. When I've got a client there and you're around so many people that are telling you how good you look, that are making sure you've got everything, tell you where you need to be and when, you know, helping you out. And then when you come out on stage, huge screams from everybody. It's, it's genuinely made quite a, a large difference, I think, especially that waiting around pre-show period. You're not just sat there with your headphones on. With a bunch of people having a laugh, and it's, you know, that's the perfect environment, I think. Having fun is very important on show day. Yeah, and that's what you should be doing, right? I mean, at that point, again, at that point, you're, the chances of you looking drastically better are pretty small. The chances of you looking worse are definitely there, right? Which is, it's really all you're doing is hurting yourself. And, and it same goes for, for example, if maybe the show's running behind or something, right? Or they're not, or they're, they didn't start on time or the backstage area isn't very good or something. You got to understand that your circumstances are probably the same as everyone else's, right? So just got to go with the flow. You got to do what you got to do or communicate with your coach. I mean, there's been situations where uh, they were way behind or something and we had to add in a little extra food or something like that. It's, it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day. I mean, those, those adjustments are relatively easy to make if you need to make them. So um, good communication stay calm find something that you enjoy that's kind of mindless like I like if you are if you're like a you know comedy type person watch some damn cartoons on tv what are your why you're waiting just something anything anything that's mindless don't sit there and and scroll instagram looking at their other competitors that you're competing against tomorrow it's like get off <laughs> stop doing that shit uh, yeah, but, uh, how about we, yeah, uh, we can go ahead. maybe finish this one with some peak week myths, <laughs> peak week myth busting. Oh yeah. I've got What's one? Two that comes to mind and, and, you know, people may disagree with this. Um, one, it's probably not a good idea to eat something that you haven't eaten for like the last four months on show day, you know, going out for a full English breakfast, pancakes, bacon, all of this crazy stuff um, is, you know, if you go in the shitload route, I'd probably maybe err uh, towards consuming a bunch of calories from foods that you've been eating. Um, I, I can't see a positive coming from that. Um, another one is realizing how acute diuresis really is. So needing to load water from like 10 days out or something, you know, we're going to add a liter a day and, you know, the crazy stuff that I've seen on some of these consultations I've done. Um, like I'll give you an example. When I load fluid, like for Ricky at the, at the British final, so he was on about 9 a.m. And he just drank his normal day's worth of fluid, but just condensed the time frame to midday, uh, cut sodium at 9 a.m., drank up until midday, and then just cut fluid there until the show the next day. So in a 24 hour period, the fluid consumption was the same. It just increased acutely to turn on diuresis in the morning and we landed dry as a bone the next day, you know? So you don't need to load like days out. You can just do it in like one time window and not have to make yourself live in the bathroom for a week. Oh my God. Yeah. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah. It's, it happens quick. I mean, really, like you said, you could pretty much elicit that effect in 24 hours pretty easily if you wanted to. Just, I mean, you could realistically, if you, you could probably, you could probably just heighten that water intake one day before you wanted to start like loading your carbohydrate or whatever, right? I mean, it's going to work pretty quickly. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, those were pretty good ones. Um, okay. What about small things? What about like, I don't know if this is necessarily a myth, but what about artificial sweeteners? Do you do anything with those? Uh, not typically, to be honest, not really. Um, it's probably best case practice, you know, for the potential gut, because I do genuinely have clients that do have some like GI issues with, with artificial sweeteners. Um, sure. not really. In fact, like a lot of clients I have pounding 
um, energy drinks during the fluid loading period take advantage of the diuresis effect of caffeine. Yep. Caffeine. Yep. Yep. I actually will use, I will use some of the zero cal energy drinks. So here would be like the monster and things like that for, for some of those scenarios. Or if they don't really like those, we'll just use, we can just use black coffee with, or coffee with like some whatever sweetener they like, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And the only people that I'll really, I'll cut them with if, if they're using like obscene amounts of them, we might cut them out like a couple days or something at most. And, and I'm not even cutting them entirely. It's just like the, the bulk of them, like don't drink a two liter of diet soda the day before. Yeah. Hey, what about, um, like distilled water? Distilled water. Yeah. Have you heard that one? Uh, I've heard it. I don't use distilled water. I always just have them drink like spring water, water usually, or just fucking, I mean, does it really matter? No, drink out of the tap. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. I mean, you're going to get some minerals out of the tap, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. The, the difference, yeah, the difference is, uh, is not going to make any difference. Um, distilled water. Do people do that? Yeah, people do that. These are things, these are all things that I've had in consultation this, this year. Distilled water. Yeah. That stuff that's like filtered down from older bodybuilding coaches that still filter. See what I did there? A little pun on distilled water. Um, yeah, it just kind of hangs around. <laughs> that that old old strange bodybuilding logic yeah well i like the one i like what you said about the food too or there there's still this thing of like there's still a few weird food things that go on the one like eating things that you haven't eaten that's in no in no context does that make any sense and which what one what do you got got to mention the backstage eating which is unreal. oh my god what the fuck what are people thinking where is that where's that food even gonna go <laughs> when you're backstage and there's you know how many bikini girls i saw at the two bros oh muffins and those giant cookies and stuff what the fuck isn't you know what that is that's a fucking eating disorder is what that is yeah, that's like it's not a, we're here now i've had a taste for it now i can't stop you know right it's not, it's a binge eating episode. It's not even glycogen loading. I mean, it's sometimes, I mean, that's even with guys. Sometimes I cringe when they're, they're like maybe a little, a little flat the night before they need a little more food. Their coach is like, all right, burger fries. Like yeah. why though? But yeah. why, why can't, I mean, what, give me, why is that needed? Like, why can't we just eat? Why can't we just give them a little bit more of what they've already been eating and then call it a day? Yeah, and this you're opening up the floodgates with that because psychologically, yeah. the hypothalamus lights up when you get those hyperpalatable foods and then oh, it's going to go wrong more times than it's going to go right. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's the same thing with, it's the same thing with like even between prejudging and, in finals, which you guys don't have that a lot, but that's a typical practice is have the burger and fry, which, Hey, some people will, some people may need that influx. That's fine. I'm, I'm aware of that. But, but again, there's such these things, these like practices that never die. Like you do it just because that's what you're supposed to do type of thing. Burger and, and, fries. Burger and fries yeah. plus side. standard peak. Yeah. That's it. That is. That is it right there. It is literally burger fry, burger fry, diazide, cut water. Yeah. Cool. So, so essentially, so essentially what we're doing here is we have a large influx of nutrients that are going to need transported, but we don't have water to do it. And we're also taking a diuretic. Yeah. Yeah. Great. (laughs) It's literally, it's the worst, it's the worst fucking thing you could do. The only thing that you can hope is that you drank enough water that day that you're aldosterone levels are still low enough yeah yeah it, it's literally putting yourself in the worst position to load those nutrients possible yeah it's dumb i mean it's <laughs> so fucking stupid yeah some of the some of the shit are just like that that doesn't even make any sense from a mechanistic level at all like you you literally know that the person 
the person advising that has zero understanding of just the basic mechanisms in play. Yeah, 100%. There was a, so, yeah, man. There was a guy backstage at the, um, which show was it? It was the show that Will won for Zeke at Two Bros. Um, and Rye Brambleby was competing there in Classic. And we were like in one of the backstage rooms. And there was a guy there literally, because Rye had bought some, you know, cookie dealer cookies that are amazing. He bought these cookie dealer cookies for post show. And he, he was showing me what ones he got. And this kid was begging him to buy one from him, offering him obscene money for them. Please let me buy one of those cookies, man. Please, I really want to eat one of them. I really need one. He was going crazy. It was like fucking hell. It was literally like a crack addict. That's the point of like this food obsession that you can get to on a prep if you're not careful. You know, This kid was literally like chomping at the bit for one of these fucking cookies. He didn't get one. Rye wasn't giving them bad boys up that easy. But it was, it was unreal. It was literally like a crackhead. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I'm even, even when they have all that stuff backstage for the the competitors, I'm like, well, come on now, why? Like, why are you guys, why are you guys feeding into this? Like these, <laughs> I guess, like okay, I people do whatever they want. That's if they want to have, if they want to put put out a couple of treats after the finals or whatever, it's fine. But like these, you get these pictures where they'll, they'll be posted on the fucking Federation's website of like these two girls, you know, facing each other, eating a donut. Yeah. Like what is, why, like, why are we doing this? Yeah, and this, this is it's, <laughs> it's the backstage thing. It is a shame when like, I can't remember what show it was recently. There was like pizzas. It might've been the fix. There was like all pizzas backstage. I was like, fuck it now. Like you, <laughs> you? <laughs> I don't know. What you do you remember the Olympia where they had all fucking pizzas? I mean, if you're coming yeah. off stage, I think that's okay. If you're coming off stage, you're done. Have a piece of pizza, cool. You know, but whatever, you just, right? You just prep for how long? You know, you've put in how much work? You've been hungry for how long? You've done how much cardio? You know, all this stuff, and you want your midsection to be tight. On stage, you want to be crisp. You don't want any GI discomfort. Are we gonna eat a fucking pizza or some cookies before going on stage? Like, if I eat pizza, I'm just like, whoa, you know, like anyone is. You're not ready to go on there and hit vacuums anyway. Like, but <laughs> that powerful, isn't it? Is that powerful? It is. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. But, but you're also not gonna see the people that are winning the show probably eating it. So there you go. So this is it. You know, Will from last week again, I know he listens. We were backstage at that tuba show and everyone was stuffing their face. And I said to him, don't eat a fucking thing. Yep. Don't, don't even touch the rice cake. Just go out there. You can eat later. And he won. Why did he win? Yeah. <laughs> sure. He was a yeah, I mean, And that's that, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not fucking secret. I mean, it's, it's not going to do anything for you at that point. I know. I think it's funny when, what show, what show was it? It was a recent one. I can't remember. It was one of my male bodybuilders. I can't remember. And they, someone had asked me cause they were the hardest, they're like the hardest person in the show and they're, you know, dry, whatever. Right. So, Oh, what, you know, what protocol is like, well, we basically, we did the stuff we talked about. We rinsed off fatigue loaded we loaded moderately on like a wednesday and that was it then we just coasted into the show manipulated water a little bit on a friday no diuretic no that's what they wanted to know what was the diuretic protocol what was the ai's none of either <laughs> you know it's like they drank two gallons of water friday and yeah. uh yeah i was like what I'm like yeah well they're lean that's uh most of your peak week protocol is done the fucking prior whatever weeks you prepped. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, just if you're just, lean, I mean, that's it. Like you see these people, you see these people that are flat. They say, you know, they're flat, really flat pre-show, and they they're not holding any fluid or anything. And then they do a big refeed, and they're still not holding any fluid, really. 
Well, why is that? It's because they don't have any fucking subcutaneous fat cells. Well, this is the thing. We're, like, people are afraid of fluid retention. It's like, well, if you could jam all of that into your muscle cell and look way bigger, I mean, that's something. I want to retain fluid in the muscle. Yeah, precisely. I just want to. But in order to do that, like, we can't really... In reality, that's another kind of myth, I guess, that we could end with is like this idea that you can like to any significant degree manipulate the amount of fluid that you hold subcutaneous versus intramuscular. I mean, you can't, you can't really do that to a very high extent. Your body regulates that pretty well. But the thing that you can do is get lean, right? That's what's going to dictate that. You're going to drive everything into the tissue if you don't have anywhere to drive it sub-Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can't control interstitial fluid um, right. retention, right? But you can certainly control fat cell fluid retention. Rid yourself sure. of fat cell space. Yeah, just don't have any fucking, don't have any fat. And if you don't even know, if you didn't know jack shit about peaking and you just got really lean, you could just drink water and fill out a little bit and put some fucking tan on and compete. Yeah, and people do, and do really well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's plenty. I've had people like that, man. I've had people that <clears throat> I'd never worked with before, and, you know, they wanted me to work with them the last few weeks or whatever. They're really lean and like, well, we're just not going to do anything. I'm like, we're just going to fucking put some tan on, and we're going to, you know, literally drink more water, induce diuresis a little bit, fill you out, put some fucking tan on, and pump up. Just get a nasty pump and go win. <laughs> so yeah the, and that's especially the leaner that you are the more you can do that because again just the amount of water the chance for water retention just becomes so low when you're when you're peeled yeah 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 so if you don't know how to peak just get peeled and you'll be fine right that's the, I mean, that's the goal anyhow, though, right? Just well, get, yeah, get peeled anyway. I don't, don't, <laughs> in fact, yeah, definitely don't rely on peak week making you look peeled if you're not, because it will 100% make you look worse. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to do, it's not going to work in the way you think it's going to work. For sure. Cool, right. man. Yeah, I've got to go and take two of the dogs over to somebody who's looking after them this weekend whilst we're in Liverpool. So, a bit of a drive. Cool around um what are you up to uh finish up a couple emails get a training session in then i gotta run and get my hair cut today and uh then uh more email stuff yeah no shows like i said i'm just i'm just corresponding via message today and photos and all that so i don't have to go there this time sweet that's the way that's yeah, I mean, I like I like going, but it's just not always with the way the U.S. is. It's like I can't, you mm -hmm. know, it's too, it's just too spread out mm -hmm. to get to all of them. So, but uh, I go to the ones I can. Plus, shit, I'd lose money if I went to every one of them. Yeah, <laughs> flying to all of them. Oh fuck! Yeah, you could get one of them cars that lets you in the like VIP lounge and shit. Eat all the food. Oh yeah, the air, I thought about it for the airlines. Just get the fucking VIP airline, and they got the buffet and shit in there. So when I'm when I'm uh, in a growth phase, I can just go in there and fucking eat at the airport. Do you get eight thousand calories in there? They won't let you come back. <laughs> no, <laughs> kick me out. That's funny. Uh, well, cool man. Everybody, good luck. Oh, cheers, bro. Um, please tag us in your Instagram stories. We love to see them. Please check out the sponsor links below and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.